0: All right, well, this morning we're going to talk about personal testimony in evangelism. How do we incorporate our personal testimony or our testimony in general into evangelistic conversations? Or how do we move between the two and and kind of what are they and and where should we go? I've got an outline for you. I gave you, I think, what is it, five Ps? Excellent. The purpose. The power. um, The problem. Is there a problem? Oh, no. heresy. The problem. The principles and the, I, I, I stretched on this last one, but the pliability. <laughs> I had flexibility, but I was like, ah, we'll go for it. So there you go. There's your five P's. All right. So, main idea this morning in your evangelism, on your, on your outline, give testimony to the power of God's saving grace through Jesus to the lost. Okay. That's the main idea of personal testimony for us this morning. Give testimony of the power of God's saving grace through Jesus to the lost. So the first one, the purpose of testimony. Okay. Psalm 66, 16 says, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for me and for my soul. I will tell what he has done for my soul. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. This, this verse kind of encapsulates what we're looking for or what we think about when we think about personal testimony, right? Um, what do you think about when you hear the word? We have a, a great kind of mix of people in this room right now. What do you think about when you hear the word testimony or personal testimony? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Telling how Jesus has worked in your life. Excellent. Telling about Jesus, how Jesus works in your life. Fantastic. How else? What you were before you were saved. Okay, good. So, a starting place of where you were before you were saved. How you were saved. How you were saved. Excellent. Great. Josh. What life has been like since? What life has been like since? How have I been changed? Excellent. Um, I think of, I think of uh, emotional mission trips. Uh, personal testimony shared where it's been like, you know, people sharing about this massive dramatic story of, of change from one person to the next. Um, yeah, there's other things, right? Uh, there as well. So what? So in all of that and personal testimony, what, what really is it? We're looking at it's it's kind of a legal term we got some lawyers in the room it's pretty much it's how it has this legal kind of connotation um it's to give witness or a testament that something is true right to give witness or a testament that something is true in court to testify is to give an account right or evidence of facts as you see it so the idea of evidence witness proof uh declaration of truths right that's kind of what we're looking at in fact so the ten commandments right 2016 says, you shall not bear false witness, which is the same word as testimony, against your neighbor. So witness, meaning, I don't want to say anything is false, the opposite of what we're thinking about with Christian testimony is, I'm going to say true things, say true things about what God has done, right? So there you go. God's laws are also called testimonies in the Bible, um, because they stand as witness of God's character uh, and the failure of, of sinners to meet the standard of, of that he sets out of his character breaks the law. But what do we personal testimony as a Christian. What do we mean by share your testimony? We're kind of hinting at that already, but you guys are giving excellent answers. Um, sharing the evidence of God's initiative and converting power to save you. Okay. Sharing the evidence of God's initiative and converting power to save you. What is he saving you from? From the kingdom of darkness and sin and into uh, the kingdom of his son, to transform you by his grace into a new creation. That's kind of what we're getting at. When we say how and where and when and what happened before, what happened after, right? Um, How he transforms you into a child of God and his faithfulness to sustain you in salvation continually, right? That's a continual process. By grace, how he helps you to confess, repent from sin and be transformed into the image of Jesus. So that's a lot lot there. How can we break that down? Tell of his righteous acts and deeds. Of salvation that's what that verse of 6616 Psalm 6616 says come and hear all you who fear God and I will tell what he has done for my soul okay so tell tell of the righteous acts and deeds of salvation okay I love let me look up for me Psalm 71 verse 14 and read it for us this is an excellent psalm for us to think about how to tell of God's works in our own life Psalm 71. Verses 14 through 16 is we're going to kind of narrow in on. But I will hope continually and will praise you
1: ye more and My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord I will
0: come, I will remind them of their righteousness, word the Good, thank you. So he talks about my mouth will tell of your righteous acts. My mouth speaks the righteous acts of God, of your deeds of salvation all day which is a number that's past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will, I will remind them, right, of your righteousness, your alone. So it's, it's the act of speaking about what God has done, right, of this um, salvific acts, the, the things he's done to save us. So it's about God and his work in your life. See, a personal testimony, the main character of the testimony is who? Jesus. It's, Jesus. it's God, right? It's not us. It's, it's my story, but it's not, I'm not the, the main character. I'm not the subject of every sentence. In fact, I shouldn't be. It should be God the subject. His saving work is the verb, and I'm the object of that verb. I'm what's being worked on, right? That's, he is the main character. And you are the person God loves, moves, convicts, calls, regenerates, justifies, redeems, cleanses, and sanctifies. It's all done to you. You are participating, but he is the one acting. Right, and that's what we want to, yeah, to think about and to focus on in our testimonies. Right, specifically, you are you are acting as a witness or a testament of God's character and glory, and are giving testimony that God is who the Bible declares Him to be. Okay, so this is true. How do I know it's true? It's in my life, but but really, it's in the Bible. I'm pointing back there. Right, it does contain your personal story. I'm not trying to to downplay biographical stuff, you know, events, dates, things like that, people in your life who shared it with you, struggles, sorrows, joys, triumphs, that, that needs to be there. But it's God working through those things that has the power. It's not the events in and of themselves, right? So that's something to, to consider. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Give glory to God of your salvation as you talk about him to the image bearers around you. The primary purpose of in this point point one of the testimony is to give glory to to God of your salvation okay in other words the gospel we proclaim is the same gospel that gives us grace every day so we need to talk about that gospel to to others we're just um, yeah uh, God uses, uses people that don't have it all together so we talk about this gospel to proclaim the gospel and put God's glory on display that's what we're yeah, that's what we're all about um, how in the purpose of it how is so if that's the purpose if the purpose is to give glory to the, to god how do i give glory to god well first it draws unbelievers to the attractiveness and beauty of jesus christ when we talk about it in those terms um it draws them to the gospel if the if the testimony is clear and the gospel is clear second it provides encouragement and strengthening of faith to fellow brothers and sisters Right? That's also how God gets glory. We strengthen one another, right? You've all heard a great testimony, or a testimony that has been shared at the right time, I should say, in your life, because they're all great testimonies um, that that encouraged you and strengthened you. And it also is the continual confirming of Christ's work in you. See, testimony is not just about that regeneration moment, right? It's not just about what happened back when I was 16. 26 or 36 because it happened. It ha- it's happening and I'm continually giving testimony to Christ's work in our lives, right? So this is really really important and it's a theme. I don't think we're gonna yeah we're, We probably won't come back to today, but let's sit on it right now. And that is that a testimony Continues it's not just that one time that we're gonna talk about like oh I was once saved and then and then or I once had sin and now he saved me. No, it's like okay I, I Yes, I was I was saved but I am being saved daily, right? So continually giving testimony in the words of the things you're going through. We talked about the struggles that different people had here in the first couple of minutes right, in their lives. Uh, sickness, okay? um, walking in sin, or some sort of you know, other things that are happening in those lives that are tough. Like, how, how is the gospel and, and, and Jesus helping in those moments of, of struggle? That's giving testimony. So in other words, do I have to share the entire, my entire story to give my testimony? No, not, not really. I don't have to. Do I want to zero in on a particular part? Yeah, I could do that. You could zero in on one that's more applicable, right? Okay, so the purpose is to to give God glory through the drawing of unbelievers, the encouragement and strengthening of the saints, and the continual confirming of Christ's work in you, okay? What about the power of a testimony? We'll go through this one, then we'll take a couple questions, okay? The power of a testimony. We all know this. Testimonies are powerful, right? So um, it has the ability to overcome man-made objections to God and arguments because it moves in on the personable aspect of life. It's no longer an abstract theory or theology that we're talking about, right? Testimonies move into the personable piece of our lives. And and we're not talking about yeah, evidence, but we're talking about um, yeah, people's lives that have been... Um, yeah, convinced of the true realities of god and now we're talking about the evidence of god's mark on humans on us so it's powerful because it appeals to the personable elements instead of talking about those like just abstract theories god god is god we send right those are those are good things so they're all really good things and true things but how they impressed into lives right they're illustr so in us think of a sermon Uh, that you've sat under, the testimonies are like the illustrations and applications of good sermons. Rightly handled, they move the facts of the things of the Bible, the sermon, into the gospel real life. That's what they do. They create channels and avenues for others to relate to you as you share your burdens, your issues, your sorrows, your sin. They create those channels or avenues for connection between two people. And and they consequently see the similarity between you and them, right? That's what Jordan was kind of talking about, the similarity. But they also see the differences between you and them, right? They're, the difference being they need a savior. You have found what they're looking for. You're a beggar looking for bread, and you found the bread, and now you are handing bread to, to another, right? So in so doing, they can, they can stir strong emotions and emotional ties, and, and they can really impact us. There's... They, they're powerful because they appeal to the God-given thing inside all of us that loves story. He's created us in that way. So they, they're powerful in that way, right? They also have power to, to strengthen, quicken faith, and increase affections to Jesus and other believers. So this is the encouragement piece towards fellow saints and fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. They sort of kind of level the playing field of, uh, in our idolatrous hearts of like the super Christians, right? So when when somebody, you know, shares a testimony, you're like, oh, I really, you know, think highly of that person or whatever. And then you're like, oh, he struggled or she struggled with that, or is struggling with that. You know, it it, it just, it brings us all into the same humble plane of like, we're all beggars. We all need Jesus, right? So it has that way of encouraging us uh, in, in our idolatrous hearts. But also encourages when we feel alone in our struggles, right? So like, um, yeah, to, the response would be to, to, to then seek out somebody to talk to about that struggle because now I know that person, you know, struggles with that or something else, you know. So it, it can encourage us to, to bring sin to light and have those kind of hard conversations. Um, it also has the ability to encourage believers that God is actively working and doing things when in our lives, right, sometimes we just don't see that and we don't feel it. You go into those seasons of maybe desert-ish kind of places where like, we just don't, we don't feel like God's doing something, but then we hear God doing something in somebody else's life, and we're like, oh, man, he is working. I, I'm, my, my faith is encouraged. This is true. This, this is right. This, I do believe this, right? So we spur one another on in obedience, love, and good works. Um, yeah one side note here before moving on to the next point um, we hear this a lot I think in our in churches in our Christian circles but, but don't be ashamed of your testimony that's the story God has written for you you did not write that that's from God don't downplay God's story for you Okay, we do that well, well why do we do that why, why, do, why do we make that caveat? Why, why do we say, well, I just don't have, you know, I don't have that exciting story, but here's my story, right? Why do we, why do we say that? Go ahead. From a worldly perspective, Yeah
1: um, and of course that's looking at it from a worldly perspective because
0: all sin yeah. God sees as equally good. Evil and separates us from God exactly the same way
1: as the quote unquote worst sin. Right. So I think when we're embarrassed by that, which I've
0: never been in that category, it's I think we are
1: downplaying the sin that separated us from God yeah. and the things that God did in our life to save us from that.
0: Good, good. And that exposes the lie behind behind that, and that is that you weren't dead before Christ entered your life right? We were all dead in our sins and trespasses before Jesus saved us, before we called Jesus Savior. Whether you're um, a hard drug dealer or you're a six-year-old, both are dead before Christ came into their lives. Like, totally dead, right? But we can downplay that, and then then it comes out in that kind of form. It's not Intended. I don't think it's necessarily intended. Sometimes it's. I think it's fueled by ignorance about what's actually happening in re, in, in, in salvation and regeneration. So I don't mean to press in on that in a, in a way that should be condemning in any way. But I think most of it's just unintended because we just were like, it's not dramatic. This, the story piece that I just talked about. It's like, ah, oh, well, it's not a dramatic story, right? Well, the reality is, it's a miracle, right? It is dramatic. On a cosmic, spiritual level, right? So, but the other in, unintended, and you're hitting on this. The intended, the intended unintended con- consequence of that is it makes a significant statement. I wasn't as dead in my trespasses and sin as others were in the more colorful stories. The reality is that theologically, we were all just we were all just dead, right? So Isaiah fifty-three six. We all like sheep have gone astray. All, right? Romans three ten through twelve. None, no one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. Um, Ephesians 1 or 2, 1 through 2 And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience that verse is true of a five-year-old who is not accepting Christ that five-year-old in, in you know, in which you once walked the walk of a five-year-old looks different than the walk of a 35-year-old, sure yeah, absolutely. But in in the, in the heart, the spiritual heart of that five year old, they are following the course of the world, following the prince, the power of the air, and the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience. That's significant, right? So you're just you kind of you're downplaying that piece. So just just be careful about um, thinking about your own personal story that way, because it doesn't. Well, what does it do? In speaking of the power of testimony in that way, what it what it does is it downplays and it robs the lord of glory and praise he's due in that in that salvation and is due in the hearts of those we are talking to it, it like brings it down when we should be bringing it up and going look how awesome jesus is right cool instead another opportunity you know another option instead focus on which will probably require kind of premeditation or thinking about this ahead of time prior to a conversation focus on the sins that were present so maybe you didn't have those external, you know, poster board kind of sins. Well, praise the Lord for that because He kept your, He kept you from that, right? But you also were dead. So, so what, what was there, right? What selfishness was there? What disobedience was there? What dishonoring of God? What ignoring His commandments were, you know, were there in your deadness? And then post Christ, what you know, how as you grow in, in you go from five to fifteen. Or 15 to 25 how did your awareness of sin grow and your need for Jesus become all the more rich in, in your in your testimony right so that's, that's where we focus instead okay um, let's skip that part take down all right moving on well let's take a question or two question or two on the first two yeah Josh I yeah
1: right. and kind of with that so i think one of the other things that um it points to when we, when we don't want to share a testimony that doesn't sound nearly as amazing is it it kind of points out where our uh, where we believe the power to be mm. in evangelism is is in the sensationalism of the story mm. rather than the power of the holy god to okay right okay Oh, that's just that's something that I know I've struggled with before. Like I'd love to tell maybe sort like my wife's story versus my story. Right. Very different. Right. I would probably, if, if it was up to the message mm. to convince somebody to trust in Jesus, I mm. would put her story forward. Yeah. And not my own, but reality is, it's not the message that it saves. It's,
0: it's the Holy Ghost. It's an excellent point. I appreciate that that contribution. Yeah. I would say that
2: the the more regular testimonies are the ones that touch me the most. Mm. Right. Even though I grew up in the hood. Like right, right. <laughs> I still relate to yeah. those better and they encourage me more right. than the good. sensational ones. Like I'm moved and I'm emotional over all of it, but the one that I actually am like, oh my goodness, like I still struggle with that and I want to have a chat with them afterwards
0: over mm. good the one where they just see their sin and turn to the Lord. It's excellent. It's really good. Yes. It- if we're focusing on ourselves and our testimony, we're putting the message in, in the place it's gonna save. And that's where we get into places like, well, I chose Jesus when I was seven, and, and then here we go from there. But that's not what happened, right? So that's why 1.1 and point two go together so, so you know, intimately. The focus is on God. So what did God do when you were six? You may not be aware of all of that when you were six. In fact, I would <laughs> argue you weren't right. Even when you're 76, you're not aware of it, right? Of what happened when you back then. So, so like focus on that of what the Lord did and make Him the 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 subject, right? And He's the one that saved, instead of this is the message. My my personal story. That's just it screams of it, that that screams of what the world does around us. So that's my story. It's good for me. It's not it's not for you. But let me tell you about me, right? When you go, well, let me tell you what God did to me and God's the same God that's doing that to you and we need to talk about that, right? That's a completely different place that we've gone to. So that's really helpful, guys. Okay, briefly, the problem, all right? What are we talking about with problem of a testimony? What I mean by this is insufficiency, okay? Your story actually has the possibility to deceive and not to draw nearer to Christ by the way that you talk about your story. And we already hinted at that in that second second point there. Um, let's turn real quick to, yeah, let's turn to John 9, if you wouldn't mind. Let's turn to the ninth chapter of the gospel according to John. It's in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We'll, we'll, we'll look at this briefly together. Um, out a few things we won't land as long as I want to in that but um, yeah so we we can we can be very uh, we have to be very careful about how we speak about our testimony because in in our testimonies in the purest sense the evidence of change in a person's life does not speak to the one who changes necessarily it doesn't accurately represent the need for change so sin, the sin problem. So the evidence of change may not actually represent the full the full thing, right? Now we can, if we do the first two principles correctly, we, we will be talking about God. But it, but to, in other words, testimony is not evangelism in and of itself, but it should be and can be, right? Testimony is not evangelism, but evangelism should include testimony. It's kind of like the square, a rectangle, the rectangle, whatever that one is, right? So. We just, if we just tell our story, we have not even talked about God created the world or God made all things and it was perfect and then we sinned and you have a sin problem and you need, you need to see Jesus and you need to turn from your sins. So like there's, a, there's an element of, of evangelism in a particular conversation in which you're, you just share your testimony and that's all you lay out there. That may be what God is trying to do in that person's life. But we just want to be careful about how we talk about testimony, about our personal testimony and, and focusing on God and not on us, okay? So, um, here's an example. Um, as an example, I've, I've heard something like this before. I found this um, in an article. My life used to be in shambles. I was a wreck. I used to do X, Y, and Z. You wouldn't believe the stuff I did. I found my, my meaning in the opposite sex. But Jesus died on the cross to change my life. Now, I thank God that I'm not like those old friends. I live a good life. I wake up with purpose every day. I volunteer. I sponsor a child in Africa. The good news news is this the good news is you can have this life too. This isn't the gospel. It's a kind of self-help, you know, 101 that you'll find on almost every bookshelf at, at Barnes and Barnes Noble. That got really close, but it actually isn't the gospel. And that's the problem with testimony. We want to be really careful about how we talk about our testimonies, and we want to make the gospel clear in our testimonies, right? Um, because the sad reality is we're not the only ones evangelizing based on our changed lives. Changed lives happen outside of churches, you know, other religions, psychologized living, latest workout fads, um, latest health or eating trends. They all produce changes in people and we want to make, make sure we're doing a stark difference between those kind of changes and the changes the gospel has on us, And so, as an illustration, we have, so, um, has anyone been baptized here at Delaware Baptist Church? Anybody in the room? Okay. Um, in your previous uh, churches, when you, with and when you were baptized, um, you probably had to share something, some maybe, maybe you didn't, but probably had to share something about how Jesus changed your life. Um, I have the pleasure of, of helping people through the baptismal process, the baptismal process here at the church, and one of the things we do is to be very careful and clear on what happens on Sunday mornings. We ask, like, hey, I w- can you write out your testimony one page or less? We write out your testimony. Uh, I'd like to read about a week a week out, and then we'll, we're just going to go through it together. Um, it's such a wonderful exercise for people to, to get into kind of the nitty-gritty and details of what the testimony looks like, and and even just in the last couple months, we've had several um, that have been so helped by it because they, they started with a, very, a story that was very me-centric. And then over time, they realized, oh, wow, there's, there's elements of the gospel missing here. And then, and then they were like, actually, I don't think I was saved when I was seven. How does the gospel fit into my testament? I think I was saved when I was 17, actually. So like, that's a great example of... Of that testimony, but we, we go through we go through those testimonies and we make sure and help them see the gospel elements of God, sin, Christ, and response in the in the testimony, and then say, okay, how can we talk about that to be able to clearly share the gospel on Sunday mornings before the baptism? Uh, because we see that as an evangelistic tool here at Delaware Baptist Church, right? So we're not just strengthening the, the saints in in the church, but we're talking to the, the unbelievers present and saying, uh, this is what the gospel looks like in a changed life, right? So That's one example or or process of that, okay? There's more we can say there. Any questions on the problem of testimony or helpful comments? Okay. A few principles of testimony. Okay, a few principles of testimony. Keep God the subject. Okay, God-centric. Um. We're going to, yeah, I wanted to go through John 9. But we're just going to talk briefly about, about John 9, actually, and the principles of, of testimony real quick, okay? A little bit out of order, I apologize. But we're in John 9, and John 9 tells a, a great story of, a, of Jesus healing a, a blind man, okay? A man born blind. Um, and we're, we're going to begin in verse 24, and the, 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 the beginning of this, leading up to verse 24, Jesus heals the man born blind, um, and now he can see. And then this gets seen by or gets whiffed uh, by the Pharisees, and they bring him up and go like, what's happened to you? Um, did it happen on the Sabbath? And that, those kind of things. And he says, I don't know. Um, I now can see. And then we get into uh, verse, let's start in verse 24. I'm going to read this, and then we just read along with me, and we'll talk about it, about it and make a few comments. So for the second time, they called a man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have already told you, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to be his disciples? And they reviled him and saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, "Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone has opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You're born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out, meaning out of the the synagogue. The man's testimony is simple. The man's testimony is courageous. The man's testimony gives witness to the evidence of change in his life. I was blind and now I see. The man gives testimony in front of very powerful people that can throw him out of the synagogue, right? Which is like huge in in their culture. Um, And he says, I don't know about all the things you're talking about, but what I do know is what? I was blind and now I can see, right? I was blind and now I can see. And they show their blindness, increasing blindness spiritually, as they are not even disciples of Moses, right? Uh, so while we see a man go from physically blind to physically being able to see and then spiritual sight, we also see the Pharisees starting with physical what perceived as physical sight they know everything i can see i know give glory to god i know this guy's a blasphemer right confirm that he says no and then we see the story unfold and actually they're actually they're blind they're the blind ones right uh so those are some principles we can pull out of that lastly giving um why i put it here was because of the problem of testimony right so you heard that in in the story what what about what's the problem with what he said based on what we just kind of talked about in the previous principle. What's the problem with his testimony? He doesn't declare that Jesus is God and that God saved him. Yeah. It seems like you know, the next paragraph is when he actually encounters Jesus and sees that he's God and then believes and worships. There you go. Good. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out and having found him, which just note, they don't want him, Jesus wants him. They cast him out, Jesus wants to go get him, right? We don't find God, Jesus finds us. He found him and he said, do you believe in the son of man? And he answered, that's the blind man that now can see. And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have seen him and is he who is speaking to you? He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Last thing he's done is, is worship him, right? So whatever kind of faith, we can dissect this for what kind of faith he had before or after. But my, but my point is, is um, testimony is fantastic. It gets them to a certain place. And that place is now, enter the gospel, right? So that's where we want to go with our, our testimony. So principles of testimony, real quick. Number one, talk like an honest Christian. That's what Kel talked about last week. Um, I went to church, right? Uh, and then we went out for lunch. Like, what did you do last weekend? I went to church. I went out for lunch. That, that starts the conversation, right? So talk like an honest Christian that brings up the personal testimony piece, right? Number two, keep it God-centric. Testimony is always God-centered, never self-centered or, or sin-centered. Number three, incorporate the gospel. Go from testimony to gospel. And number four, share the story of your story. A testimony includes what God has done in your past is doing now and what he is, will do, he promises to do in the future, okay? For just take-home principles for sharing your testimony, okay? Last and quickly, the pliability of a testimony. We wanna have a, so we wanna have like a 30-second version. We wanna have a three-minute version and we wanna have a 30 version. That may sound daunting to you, I don't mean it to be, but the point is a 30-second one, think passing moments on the street a testimony that, that de- declares the righteousness of God and the power of the saving grace of God to you in a quick few couple sentences, right? We want the three-minute version for when we're in the Uber, All right, when we're, when we're, when we're in a taxi or whatever, and we've got a, a captive audience and something happens in the conversation. You're like, let me, let me share a little bit about what God's done in my life, right? And then the 30-minute version is like the extended conversation across a meal, whether that be with a believer or an unbeliever, Right? they they want to yeah, they want to hear your full full story for as much as possible. Right. So that's what I mean by kind of pliability. Practice sharing different versions of these with your family, with your spouse. So really practically just we can we can share with our spouse over lunch today, we can share with our family, go, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to share it in three minutes or less. Here we go. Ready? Boom. Right? And that helps us work out the kinks of that before we, we're talking with somebody, you know, that we want to with an unbeliever wants to evangelize. Even better, take some time and write it out because surprisingly difficult to do. Um, it, it's an exercise in, in clarity. It forces you to work through the parts of your story that um, you haven't thought about, the, the blind spots, if you will, or you don't want to naturally wrestle with, right? Um, another way for pliability of a testimony is look for on-ramps to your testimony. So somebody shares about they are have lost A child or something something really difficult in their lives think about that bless you and then think about your story and 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 apply the the gospel in your testimony into that situation in an appropriate way what's an inappropriate way Um, I lost my child last week and I'm like well I lost my dog two weeks ago let's talk about that like that's that's no-go you know what I mean that's no-go right what's an appropriate way I lost my child I've never experienced loss before are you thinking that? I think I should be lost before. But you have lost some things in different contexts. So what's the what's the way you've you've lost something as like really showed your your um, your idolatry of your heart or your need for a savior to give comfort or or whatever it is that you can talk about with that person to to apply the, the, the balm of the gospel to them, right? So look for those on-ramps. And look for issues or problems in the person's you know, thinking about God, and then and then work the testimony elements into that. What does that look like? So, if somebody says, if somebody is in the conversation, somebody is very clearly does not feel a need for a savior. Right. That's what you speak to. I I also so like if you have an opening, I actually have also felt that way before. Can I share a little bit about when I felt that way? And they're like, yeah, sweet, sweet, so, okay. Um, uh, you know, back when I was when I was 25 or whatever, I actually lived a, a lifestyle where I just didn't really ca- think, care, or have any thought to what would come the next day, let alone in eternity. And then here's what God showed me, right? That, you know, and then you can work some Bible verses and that kind of stuff. So think about the, the, the gaps, if you will, of knowledge about God or understanding about God and then work your testimony into that piece, right? And so that you don't have to share the whole testimony, but just one or two elements of that, okay? All right. Those are those principles. Um, Let's go through um, a discussion question and then we'll pray, okay? Um, Let's choose um, number three. What's one aspect of testimony, it's on your handout, and evangelism from today's lesson or previous lessons that you want to pray, think, work on, or act differently? What's one aspect of your testimony or you're encouraged to think about your testimony differently Yeah, just a way that you're one thing you're taking away that would help you think about this differently moving forward anyone
1: I think for me um, yeah I think you could just I really appreciate the focus on the power of the testimony um, especially as somebody that was saved in an early age, grew up in a Christian home, heard the gospel all the time, um, yet yeah, still kind of wrestled with diff- different points of what, what that meant, what, what was really shared in the gospel. I went to church a lot, was I hearing the gospel all the time? So a lot of those questions surrounding that, it's, it's just wonderful to hear kind of that, yeah, that um, yeah, the focus, that, that it's really God's story, um, that every unique um, testimony is is God and a grander plan, a grander, grander scheme. yeah, that gives him him ultimate glory. So, um, and just not belittling that, like, like you said, I think you said it in a really helpful way that we often say that. You know, we often say, don't oh, you know, every story is amazing. Um, yeah, even in the actions that we say, when we hear a really, you know, somebody converted from a you know drug dealer background, we're like, wow, that's amazing. But we don't often say that as much when I mean, it's like I was saved at six years old. Wow, that's amazing. So, right. Just even the words that we use and we're hearing testimonies and encouraging one another, um, yeah. I think, I think can, can reveal a lot of, of what we think about those, about those individual testimonies.
0: It's good, appreciate that. One more,
2: um, yeah, I just thought it was helpful. Um, uh, the, the principle of keeping God at center and mm. you know, remembering that there's a difference between your changed life that comes from salvation and God's work in your life, then yep. you know. The change lives that people can have by being really disciplined on like a diet or something yeah yeah just remembering keeping god at center that protects you from yeah.
0: good good i love that any, any else yeah
2: it really kind of struck me um it was like a i don't want to say fear but that my words and story could deceive someone away from the gospel instead turn the praise on to myself or the yeah. situation I had, like that is kind of terrifying mm. to me, um, to make sure that when I'm speaking, that even when I'm being
0: given praise, that I make sure I correct it, mm. and say that, you no, know, the Lord deserves that praise, the that Jesus did that for Sure, me. sure. That's good. Yeah, I want to, um, let me connect that back to your first comment, actually, in this entire class, which was God, can use my imperfect words. Yeah. So, so what I don't want to do is is create kryptonite, and, and you're like, ah, I don't want to share anything, right? So, so you know, recognize the context of certain things, right? You're one person in that person's the other person's story, and the Lord is, the Lord is sovereignly working all these things, and He will use them. Um, what I'm calling attention to, and I think is what you're trying to hit at as well, is what I'm calling attention to is, is, is a way to share your testimony and it and it not share the gospel. And I think that that just causes us to should just cause us to pause real quick and just go, okay, in evangelistic conversations, let's make sure that where we're, we're pointing people, right? Where you, how you win them is what you win with, right? All that kind of stuff. Where we're pointing people is to Christ. And that doesn't mean that you have to have this like perfect gospel thing just laid out to them. It just means that when you talk about what you did in your life, it's, and God showed me this sin in my life, and I needed to repent of it. And I had to be humble enough to say, yeah, that was wrong. And, so I repented of it, and I trusted in Jesus to save me. And he, and these are the, you know, Romans 3 and Romans 5. So these are the, the verses, right, that are coming to, to play. So um, bringing it back to the gospel and saying it in, in that kind of sense, if that makes sense. So it's good. All right. Can I have one volunteer to pray for us that we would have some divine appointments this week to share? Um, our testimonies and, and have evangelism this week, um, and help us to not be fearful in those situations. Um, to think think well about them ahead of time, but also not be fearful, and um, and to show show Jesus to others. And just one volunteer to pray for that.
2: Thanks, ma'am. Dear Lord, thank you for. Um Talk this morning, that we um, are able just to uh, remember the ways um, that you saved us and each of, all of our personal stories. Um, God, I pray for uh, just divine opportunities for each of us to be able to share each of our uh, unique testimonies to the, those you put around us. Um, I pray you would um, give us uh, courage and strength to do that. Help us to remember um, your grace in our lives, to, to give us courage to. To speak to others, knowing that they are in need of um, that same grace that we've received, Um, I pray you would help us not to um, be afraid or be distracted by um, any of the fears of uh, reputation or um, or just being awkward with those around us if we don't know them very well. But I just pray that you would give us courage and um, yeah, that we would just remember uh, to keep you at the center, um, knowing that. It's not because of anything that we've done, but um, just all um, of the work that you've done on the cross and, and saving us. Um, yeah, and so I just pray that we would also be an encouragement to each other and that this class would be a good way uh, for
0: us to, uh, to do that. And the pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you all. See you next week.